Hello, and welcome to this edition of EMS Now Up Close. It is my pleasure to once again speak with Hadita Weiss, uh, market researcher extraordinaire from Europe, uh, with the goes by the company of Informa. Um, Dita, it's good to see you again. I know you're in the United States, so uh, I'm glad you're over here for a little bit. I'm sorry I don't get to visit with you while you're here, but at least we get this time together. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be over here in the United States. I haven't been here uh, at least for seven years when I buried my cousin in Wisconsin. Okay, well, on that note, we'll move forward. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hope this trip goes better for you. Um, yeah. Listen, I wanted to catch up with you because obviously I, I, I track the work that you're doing there. It's uh, And uh, I know that you did kind of a half year survey uh, update uh, within the EMS industry in Europe. It was more limited. It wasn't the entire continent. But speak to what you did there and some of the results. Yes. Um, we had heard a lot of uh, signs in the market that people were very worried uh, about the situation. Um, not to say they were scared, but uh, as you know, uh, everybody is very willing to share positive uh, information with you. But once it comes to negative information, uh, they all are very quiet and you have to pull uh, every piece of information out of their nose uh, uh, in order to get a better picture of the situation. And uh, um, even so, we, we felt that what was happening was very normal. So what we did was... Uh, we said we don't have the time to do a European survey uh, on such a short notice. So early August, we did a half-year survey uh, on um, uh, the German-speaking countries, uh, Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. We had had 106 companies uh, participating. Um, we did not just ask for revenues and headcount. No, we uh, were in specific uh, interested to uh, learn more about the autobooks. Um, we wanted to see how that uh, is developing because we have been tracking that for the, uh, the last uh, three years, every half year as well. So every six months we, we see the development and uh, the peak of the autobook was end of 2020 uh, when... Uh, uh, the semiconductor crisis, which, which they call it, uh, uh, blew up and all of a sudden uh, procurement and purchasing managers went crazy and bought everything uh, they could just due to the fact that the distribution people said, well, uh, if you don't place a uh, fixed order, we cannot give you any delivery dates. I, I think that was a, a very, very strange thing what they did there. Uh, but even stranger was a, a reaction of the purchasing people by saying, well, um, let's put the orders for the next two years and replace them. And as long as we are the first one to do that, uh, we get our material and we'll be fine. The stupid thing about that is, uh, uh, and some of these people even claim that they know and, uh, about the bullwhip effect. Uh, uh, the bullwhip effect was first explained more than 50 years ago at Harvard Business School. Yeah, But people don't learn from it. Yeah, 
Uh, and they really believe if they rush with their orders, they're going to be the first. None of them was the first. They were all the last. Yeah, And they are all suffering from it. Because what we have seen, and uh, you remember uh, two months ago, we did this half-year survey for the global uh, EMS companies as well, which was very interesting. Um, on those companies, the inventory did not jump up that uh, big. It went up to uh, in the region 29 to 35 percent um, of annual uh, revenues was the inventory level on raw materials uh, for the big ones. Uh, whereas on the small ones, it, it, it has been going up much more. The difference is the big one have a higher vertical uh, integration. They do not just the PCBAs, they do box building uh, and everything uh, as well. So um, the semiconductor content of their revenues is much smaller compared to a company, a small company, who only does PCBA. And um, uh, on those smaller companies, and we were able to show that, the smaller the company, uh, the higher uh, the inventory levels were and still are it has not changed yeah and that is is what is worrying me and we were able with the half year survey to show this very much in detail once again uh, and we really wondered uh, because we Gets, got the feeling that people, uh, some people might think that the inventory uh, crisis is due to the chip crisis and the chip crisis is still ongoing. We have done um, 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 a survey as well in the distributor market uh, to check for a specific microcontroller. And this microcontroller um, was mm -hmm. on all lists uh, with a delivery time of 18 weeks and a price of uh, unnegotiated price of 32 to 35 US dollars. Um, as I, for the last half year, have been getting more and more uh, emails from brokers from China, from Singapore, from Malaysia, um, I did the test and I wrote to some of them and I said, well, do you have this NXP uh, uh, microcontroller uh, for me and uh, whereas uh, the distributors had it on 18 weeks delivery time the first one immediately came back and said you can have it in three days you can have 5,000 pieces and he said you can have them for 32 US dollars and I said well no that's too expensive yeah and he immediately with the argument well you are a first time customer so we give you a special price you can have it for 27 I thought, gee, he can give it away uh, uh, five bucks less so easily, whereas it's on the book of the distributors between 32 and 35 uh, uh, US dollars, again, unnegotiated. They normally get get a discount as well. That's no, no question. But still, uh, available in three days compared to 18 weeks on the distributor side. So... Um, I have difficulties to understand this. Yeah, and um, the second broker, he was able to say, "Well, you can have one thousand five hundred uh, at a price of twenty-seven immediately." Boom. Uh, but he had a delivery time of, I think, two and a half weeks. But still, much better than eighteen weeks. So, uh, 
guys out there, there is no chip crisis. Well, yeah. Did you it's, place the order, Tito? Did yes. you order the parts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then sell them to some some smart purchasing guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, Would I mean, the, the only concern there might be: are they really? real parts right you know uh, oh yes i know what you mean uh, there yeah. is still always uh, um, the fear uh, of getting fake material yeah but even that as far as i know you mentioned that one one time there is a, a is that white horse laboratories white horse i was about to say if you're going to do such a thing run them through white yeah. horse labs uh, run them through know. white horse laboratories and uh, let uh, them check uh, uh, the parts but you have them yeah, yeah uh, so exactly. uh, so it's a it's a fake it's a fake argument that is going on over there but the real problem is eric that the order book is slowing down and people get nervous as the order book is slowing down, because it for the salespeople it had been very comfortable. They had been leaning back, saying, "Well, we can't do anything. We got the order book for the next two years." Yeah, totally wrong. Now is the time to very uh, be close to your customer and to make sure that you even increase your order size that you uh, get to know exactly what is happening inside those companies, especially the reasons why they are uh, either reducing order sizes, uh, trying to cancel orders, or trying to defer them. In most cases, we have this situation, again, bullwhip effect. The OEMs uh, that uh, get the supplies from the EMS, they have their stores full. And mm -hmm. the um, and that is not uh, due to the fact that their sales expectations were not met. No, it was simply the the fact that they made the same fault the EMS companies made. They double ordered, yeah? yeah, and then they wondered that all the material ends up in their stores and they can't get rid of it. Jesus Christ! When do you people learn how to deal with the bullweb effect? Yeah, so. It's that is is a problem, and uh, uh, you might have uh, uh, read the press release yesterday of NCAP uh, giving yes. a profit warning. Yes, it is. It is a profit warning because the original declared profit expectations will not be met due to the fact that a big customer deferred orders into twenty four. Yeah, but uh, is that a reason to? overreact on the stock exchange yeah the stock uh, really ran down uh, from of course, uh, it uh, of course at the is. moment i think it's 606 yeah, yeah. Um, of course it's a reason it used to, it used to be uh, 1517 yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's not the only one if you watch all the other uh, stock listed companies um, you see that uh, people uh, have the tendency to panic at the moment yeah well, listen, yeah. stock market is not a rational beast. So, yeah. of course, it's a reason. But let me ask you what you're talking about, the the the, the slowing there, the, the order books kind of slow. Is that due to the macroeconomic issues that's going on, inflation around the world? What do you, what impact? In, 
Uh, well, uh, it is in part for sure as well due to the macroeconomic situation, um, especially over here in Europe. Uh, see, we have uh, been having uh, all these problems, with, uh, especially in Germany and other countries as well, uh, with energy uh, prices going through the roof, inflation going through the roof. Uh, people, uh, the private households, uh, becoming very nervous, not knowing how the cost situation is going to be next year or next week. And um, they become careful in spending money and they say, well, we better uh, be careful now and uh, uh, keep our powder dry um, rather than spending it all. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, that uh, uh, is part of the, the reaction, but it's not the only uh, reaction we see in the market. As as I said before, some of it is as well um, uh, that uh, there was no no proper planning by the OEMs, but instead there was uh, uh, double booking. Yeah, yeah. See, uh, in 2020, we had uh, not only the semiconductor crisis in Germany, we had a toilet paper crisis as well. Tell me how demand can go up. Yeah. Yeah. Demand re remains the same. It was just some uh, people going berserk uh, and starting uh, to to uh, buy everything they could get and put it in the basement. Yeah. yeah. So, so th that's what we refer to as the bullshit effect, right? Is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, um, I, I, I want to be, you know, careful with your time here as well. Um, tell me the other issue that that's big in the industry, obviously, is labor, right? Finding finding qualified people, and can and along with that is the drive to increase automation in the facilities now, and specifically, kind of post reflow, you know, automation has been a big focus. Um, what's this? What are you seeing in Europe from the from on both sides, both the labor shortages? and also on automation well number one on on the labor shortage uh, shortages as the economy is slowing down and uh, germany is uh, is at the moment even in a recession uh, status from by definition um, we are seeing that people are uh, losing their jobs so um, uh, tough luck for those people, but uh, some industry people think, hey, that's good, we finally get new uh, uh, manpower. On the other hand, uh, there is still uh, the situation that uh, uh, labor costs in uh, Central Eastern Europe is uh, much less compared to Western Europe. If you um, uh, and we have done these studies several times, and if you uh, just look at, for example, um, look at Germany, where you have on average, and I know uh, this does not, for example, go to a stores person, uh, but on average, we have a labor cost of 37 euros per hour. Uh, and uh, measured with the same standards, you have, for example, 8.7 euros in Romania, and mm -hmm. you have 11.5 euros in Poland. So the question is, where do you go? And this question is being asked uh, uh, several times uh, nowadays because uh, people say, well, number one, we need more capacity. We don't, we don't want to set up this extra capacity in the West because it's simply too expensive. Uh, we need to find a place where we can uh, uh, add capacity. And uh, 
we have been doing several uh, uh, studies on this and uh, the outcome is yes central eastern europe is still a place to go and set up uh, either set up a, fac a facility yourself or uh, there are a lot of interesting companies um, try to to buy one of these companies and uh, both activities are going on and uh, uh, then you have to recognize as well even so for example Romania uh, has uh, uh, labor costs which are lower than Poland just imagine both countries having the same unemployment rate then Poland is still advantageous because Poland has nearly 38 million inhabitants, whereas uh, Romania just got 17.7. .7. So uh, with the same unemployment rate, you have double the amount of unemployed people in Poland compared to Romania. So uh, uh, if you play the thing further, for example, go to the Baltics, uh, go to Estonia, where you only have 1.5 million uh, people, yeah, um, they might even uh, tell you they have five percent unemployment rate, which, by the way, they don't. Yeah, but uh, on the absolute quantity, the percentage is good, but the absolute quantity uh, is no good. So uh, you have to take all of these things into consideration. And uh, at the moment, we are working on several uh, very, very interesting uh, projects. I can't talk too much about it, but uh, there is things going on uh, in the market. And it's uh, as well due to the fact that uh, companies are getting nervous. Now, yeah. the second part is the uh, automation, yes. uh, which uh, for sure uh, is still something uh, uh, people have to do. You yourself, together with me, we have been uh, touring uh, a couple of uh, uh, people last year in Sweden. You remember that? And uh, all these companies we were, we saw a lot of box building activities. And if you compare the PCBA manufacturing to the box building, uh, it becomes very obvious. The majority of the people is uh, sitting uh, in, on the box building side. So uh, when uh, suppliers, uh, especially machine suppliers, then start talking, well, you need to further uh, uh, automate on, on the PCBA side. I'm sorry, but it's wrong. Yeah, it's simply wrong. You need to automate on uh, the um, uh, on the box building uh, uh, side, and there we have this problem of lot size. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, we know we are in uh, uh, high mix, low volume uh, production, and uh, there is a lower volume limit where it makes no sense to to automate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you're smart, you still have a lot of orders where you can do it. Yeah, with uh, uh, cobots, uh, for example, you can uh, um, automate and and save labor. Yeah, yeah? And, and the automation, of course, that whole drive is impacted by the inventory overhang that we've been talked about previously, and people who are cash strapped and their ability to make some investments. Desired investments, maybe in automation, maybe having to be put off until the the, the inventory is flushed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, the situation um, is uh, 
a little worrying. On the other side, um, when we compare the first half of uh, 2022 with the first half of 2023, mm -hmm. those companies reporting um, reported 21.8% higher revenues uh, than the first half 2022. Uh, now, we have to be careful again. Uh, our experience, long-time experience, is that you normally only get people reporting their numbers when they are good. It's a crazy thing. Nobody wants to report negative numbers. Now, uh, yes, I'm sitting here with you talking uh, about, but I'm not mentioning uh, which companies got bad numbers. Still, people don't want that. They, they uh, prefer not to report the numbers at all. Um, and uh, by doing so, they, to a certain extent, influence the statistics as long as you don't understand what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. You can just uh, add uh, uh, 106 numbers and say, well, that's it. So now for 2023, we are expecting a growth rate of 21.8%. No, we don't. Yeah. Because uh, we have to uh, take uh, into account by experience uh, what is uh, uh, the actual situation. Uh, uh, and by talking with the companies, we know as well who is uh, already uh, in a negative field, who is losing revenues, and uh, all of this we take into account when we uh, do our uh, annual forecast. And again, yeah. this forecast, uh, which is uh, to a certain extent based on our survey results, now nobody should believe that we leave it at the survey results. Half a year later, when they all have to publish their numbers into the country company registers, we cross-check those numbers. And I can tell you, uh, I had had a case in the past, uh, a guy, for whatever reason, he, in the surveys, he always uh, reported revenues 30% higher than uh, what we later on saw when he had published his uh, uh, his revenues on, on the country company register. So uh, we we find those things, we catch them. And in the survey, such, such a person is not, uh, uh, is kicked out. Simple as that.